Stories out of time and space. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and as always, I'm joined by Julian Darius. Julian, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine, and I'm eager, eager to discuss uh, Archangel, which uh, apparently is uh, an episode about a magic uh, tablet that survives 10 years. Yeah, that's the, that's the most technologically advanced part of this. <laughs> Another episode around something that gets injected into the neck. That's right. We've had the seed, we've had the grain, we've had all kinds of different bits and pieces. Now we've got the Archangel device. Um, so yes, this is the second episode of season four of uh, Black Mirror as we work our way through it. And that's after nearly losing her daughter, a mother invests in a new technology that allows her to keep track of her. Uh, this is, um, as I say, is the Archangel technology. It's um, she gets a look again, something injects into her um, and it's, it's it's a tablet. It's basically a sort of like a find my that we already have on our, or we have now on our um, on my iPhone and on my tablet. So, what were your thoughts? Though? What are your initial thoughts then on Archangel? I think this is kind of this is a perfectly fine episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it you know yeah we can complain about the technology, but it doesn't have a lot of plot holes in it. No, it's, it's good. not, you know, it's just the sort of, but it ends up feeling sort of straight by the numbers. It, you know, invites thoughts about, you know, helicopter parenting and about sort of how technology has, has changed our concept of childhood and parenting, which I think is all interesting and worth discussing. But it's sort of, the episode sort of leaves me flat. Um, no, I, I, I know, no, I agree. What I would say is, and because I, I kind of agree, and I was curious about this one because there are parts of this episode that really hit home. You know, um, not that you know. Obviously, I'm you know I'm a parent. I've got I've got a ten year old and stuff like that. And so, and I was recently um, whilst I was away, actually. So whilst we were on holiday, we were staying in this hotel. We went with. Um, you know, my wife's sister and her husband's and their kids and stuff, and so, and we were we were having this conversation about uh, parenting in when you're on holiday, like what do you like, how much do you like, how you know how much of a, a free, you know, different ages and stuff. But you're on a complex, you're within a hotel, there's a pool, da da. Like, how much can you you know let that sort of string go a little bit? Like, should you tie it in a bit more or let them more loose? That sort of thing. And we were talking about it mainly because there were some bratty, horrible kids on there. We were saying that they were a complete disgrace and just sort of an embarrassment to those parents. They probably weren't, but you know. But it was an interesting conversation. This idea of well, how do you keep track of them? Like if you you know you leave your kids at the pool, can you go back to your room and get stuff and come back? And you know, there's other things obviously like you know, um, whenever you're on holiday, that leads to I don't know if you were aware of this, but the Madeline McCann case when the six year old or she might have been younger than that was abducted and has never been seen since in. I believe so, Portugal or so. Maybe not. I can't remember now. But 
So this idea of sort of like being able to track your kid and where they are and what they're doing. And so it made me obviously, you know, when watching this episode, there's a part of me going like, yeah, I can completely understand a desire for this technology completely, especially kids of a certain age, you know, where especially that, 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 uh, the border between a child and a sort of, you know, a teen or whatever, where they're like, okay, I've got to let them go a little bit down to the park, off to the shops, up to their friends, that sort of thing. But they're not, you know, they're getting ready to do that. So the tracking part, I was kind of like, I get that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're here. Cool. All right. I know where they are. I'm fine with that. Um, The seeing through their, seeing through their eyes part, I'm, I'm going to allow, because we've, we've We've had this yeah. thing with like the technology before and fine. So I'm not going to go on it. One little injection lets you, you know, right. Yeah. And, and look, the optic nerve doesn't work that way. No. Right? It's not a video camera, but yeah. uh, I mean, you, we, this is a sci fi trope again. Yeah. So I'm going to let it go because we've done this a number of times and so is every other show. So I'm, I'm letting it go. But it, that's where, again, watching this, um, and that, you know, again, it's like the technology takes steps. It's like tracking them. Cool. All right. I'm sort of like, you know, maybe on board a little bit with that. It's about what what are those they can get like an Apple. Um, there's a tracker you can get. You know, you can put put the coat or whatever. You know, there's things you can do. I'm not saying you do it, but whatever. Oh, oh, I just injected my kids with those dog microchips. <laughs> get them chip. You you literally do it with your dog. <laughs> like, we our dog has been chipped. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um. The other one that's, you know, then seeing through the eyes is this other thing. And I'm like, again, I'm a bit like, yeah, I can understand this uncomfortableness. But this third layer then of it having an ability to smudge out and pixelate things that, and the sound as well. I mean, we're going back to, you know, this is obviously a similar thing to the White Christmas episode where you can be switched off from people. Um, But it'll smudge out and sort of turn the sound off for, things that cause them distress right measured by cortisol levels so yeah so and there's also there's also the sort of like iron deficiency that's yeah so there's that stuff is like a apple health watch or something right yeah yeah all all good fine yeah but that's what right so it gets into the filter right yeah exactly it's that thing of when you sort of like you know it's it's that and i could see it's a bit that sort of like i've I've, I've talked talked about this before but like that morale the morality line of of technology where you sort of like it creeps up doesn't it because you're like oh tracking them sort of makes sense the bio the biology stuff where you go that's such a good thing like you say i'd have it right inject that to me so i can know that i've got Mm -hmm. you know i'm about to get type 2 diabetes or like you know i need to (laughs) i need to know these things but like you, you know, you should have. And if anything, like you've said before, like that's a. T- I am reluctant to go to the doctors because I think the majority of doctors are too busy and won't give you the, you know, a full diagnosis anyway. But if you can give me technology that will give me up to date readings of my biology, then brilliant. I'm all on board with that. And then you say the seeing through the eyes, and you get that's when you can sort of start to justify, it, don't you? Because you go, well, I've got this, but oh, okay, well, I may, I wouldn't use it, but then you will. But that, like I say, that that last bit is really where I was like for a number of reasons. And it, it's, it's this episode, although it leaves me flat emotionally, I think mm-hmm. the relationship between the mum and the, the daughter uh, as she grows. And there's some great scenes again, like this is, there's some really great shots and great scenes in this, that relationship never sort of works for me well enough to, for the, for the payoff at the end to, to really sort of hit home. Um, but the technology was what really sort of bothered me. 
um, or it was fascinating to me, this idea. Because um, the point I wanted to get to after all that rambling was about this um, d- desire to get, to uh, prevent children from seeing anything that would cause them distress. You know, like the, the Ned Flanders wife in The Simpsons, but who will think of the children kind of thing seems to have become like the rallying cry for a certain type of people where, like, you know, kids should be protected from everything. And I don't agree with that in the slightest. And, you know, it was just interesting to see how people would latch onto this. So you're in the camp, I think I probably am too, of Russ, the grandfather, who, before he dies, as they fast forward through Mm. their life together, says, you know, in our day, we open the door and let the kids run out. You know? like, yeah, be back, be back when it's sunset, and then you know, and uh, yeah, to an extent, well, you know. No, I think I, I think I'm with you. I'm, I mean, I, but I think you know, I, I was joking earlier. Everyone, I'm not a father. I have a microchip <laughs> my kids, but I would, you know, um, I, I'm pro microchipping everybody, but um, you know, this. You're a you're a father. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're going to have different feelings about this. I you know uh, it doesn't mean I ha- don't have a parental relationship with mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, but you know I think that it's fascinating the way our, these concepts have changed. And you know you mentioned about sort of religion. I can ease the first thing that occurs to me is this is going to be used to like oh replace pornography replace you know anyone talking about secular values with you know like an image of jesus going like yeah. read your bible <laughs> you know you could you could easily see this misused and i think that's basically what the southern united states has turned into right mm. with, with taking books out of libraries that acknowledge the existence of gay people and things like this um so there's this sort of like overprotection going on um at, at the and that technology is being used we have these parental controls and whatnot at the same time what i don't understand and what i find so absurd about this in real life is that all of these kids have watched hardcore pornography by the time that they're six okay they all have the internet they all have cell phones and if they don't they go to school with somebody Mm. who does and they're and they're watching you know like two girls one cup on their apple watch okay you know this is the world that we live in and if they haven't done that by six, they've done it by ten. I mean, you know, I mean, especially if they've got an older sibling or something, you know. I mean, so we live in this world in which, you know, they've probably watched ISIS beheading videos. But, God, I'm serious. I'm yeah, not yeah. joking. But, God forbid they read Mark Twain, you know, or they read the account of a trans person. We're going to we're so we're so oddly protective. And at the same time, you know, it's like it's like you can't say fuck in the classroom. God forbid you say fuck as a teacher, you know, uh, in a public school. God forbid, you know, you mention I, I have a friend who got in trouble, you know, because uh, she taught a book that mentioned sex, mm. you know, uh, just as as part of a young adult novel. Uh, that she gave her students. She, she was investigated and basically went through a prosecution because of that. But all these kids have watched ISIS beheading videos yeah. and Two Girls, One Cup. So, but but it's, this is the thing, isn't it? And I think that one of the things that this episode highlights is this thing of 
because there are things in life that we can't control, people will cling to the things they can. And we'll try and expand that as much as possible. And again, like, you know, it's funny because again, you you say about Ellie, I see she's 10 and, um, I'm pretty sure she hasn't seen an ISIS beheading video. There hasn't been one available for some time. So, but I'm still of this opinion. Like when I was a kid, but one of the, you know, I remember seeing like Poltergeist on. Like it terrified me. I remember seeing it like way too early. Um, by accident, like it was one of those. Sort of, I think one Christmas it was on TV, and you know I was just up, and everyone else was distracted, and I was just sat and watched it. And it really, you know, really scared me as a kid. Um. But it's that thing of you go, actually, though, it opened up my thing. And I go, yeah, well, actually, it scared me, but it was kind of cool. I want to see, you know, what's the next horror film I'm going to see? And it sort of opens that up. And that's not to say that I was then, um, you know, my parents didn't go, well, let's start with, uh, you know, <laughs> let's start with the Fulci uh, films and we'll work from there. And, you know, we'll go through to uh, Wes Craven. Like, it wasn't that, but it was that thing as, as a kid. like the And you say about oh, on Faces of Death. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna watch yeah. all six. Yeah, um, but you say about older siblings. Like one of my best, you know, one of my best friends as a kid. His he had three older brothers, and like you know, <laughs> so you say about you know, if I didn't see because I was the oldest sibling in my house, but I would go to school with Gaz, and he'd be like, "Dave's told me this and given me this," <laughs> and you like. And you'd open it up, and there'd be you know a magazine of of sort of like you know a poor mag or or, or other material and so you're right it was just the thing but like to to remove that though and this is one of the things i think that the episode tries to get to this thing of like we need to be presented with things that cause us distress really to calibrate like the whole thing's about calibration and you know that doesn't mean that from an early age i want children to be exposed to um you know the Exorcist, or that's supposed to be an example because it's not that bad actually by my modern standards. But like, I don't know, you know, Last House on the Left. Or, videos. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I don't want. Yeah, I'm not going like yeah, free, free for all. That's not what I'm suggesting. I know you, ha- you and I have slightly varying things on sort of like um, um, what you know. I, I'm more an extreme freedom of speech kind yeah. of guy when it comes to this stuff. And yeah, yeah, and I, I'm know. not saying it's good to expose a kid to that. I'm just no, saying, no, no. you know, I don't like legislating against the videotape of it. But it should, but things need to be there to create a conversation. Like, And this is one of the things I'd say that's, that I find um, interesting about the current state of affairs with things is I don't think it is about protecting the kids, all of it. I think a big part of it is about protecting the parents from having to have difficult conversations. It's like you are, it's that burying your head in the sand kind of thing of like, oh, I don't want to have to try and explain anything to do with the LGBT community. Like it's too difficult. It's too, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. And I don't want to touch it and I don't want to explain it. So I'm just going to like remove it from the life. And the same with like violence and stuff like, you know, um, the irony I do remember as a kid being told I couldn't watch the news at one point. And this is in like the, the early nineties. Oh, you're too wow. young for that. You're too, you're too young for the nine o'clock news. And you're going like, really? All right, I'm going to go off and read some Clive Barker, you know, so, <laughs> mm. Um, right. Well, remember, you know, the the whole Clinton blowjob thing was like, yeah. there's there was, you know, I mean, if you read the Star Report printed in every newspaper, there were references in the footnote to analingus. You know, mm. it was like the news can't mention that, but it's like, 
there are worse things in the footnotes if you want to read them. And, you know, I mean, it's this weird kind of double standard, but that's print. But meanwhile, those kids are, you know, reading Clive Barker. But I don't know. I mean, when I when the Internet was first starting, you know, I mean, I've seen a lot of fucked up shit. OK, oh, I, yeah, I, that, that was the point. I remember. I remember the yeah the moment. You know, the internet was sort of more freely available, sort of when mm. modems and that got better, and and you know, first got broadband. the 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 irony was that um, when I was at school, so this is sort of into the late nineties, we first sort of got the internet. The irony was like you know we hadn't really sort of fully understood messaging and email. We would still bring in like bits of paper with like websites that we'd found written on, <laughs> and then you'd hand them to people. Yeah. It'd be like. Yeah gotta go see this go see Check that yeah yeah um so yeah that was what it was for like you know that was that was the idea it was to, to see that crazy stuff um but and, i also and i've seen tons yeah. of videos of cars running people over people falling out of buildings you know i mean it's on tiktok now really being, yeah sure bodies being ripped apart animals yeah. ripping other people i mean and other animals apart i mean real shootings real life shootings school shootings mm. i mean you know this is one thing we've talked about is that I fervently believe, you know, like if the footage of the school shooting with kids legs being blown out by, you know, leaving a, you know, eight inch diameter wound on the back of their body from an AK round, if that were broadcast, uh, I'm pretty sure we'd have gun legislation a lot yeah. faster in my country. No, yeah, I think all I think all the Republicans should be made to sit through something like that. Um but I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're right though, because I think. That, but this this comes back to this point about calibration. I mean, I think, and the episode gets to that. Like she, you know, she can't see anything. So when she finally does get to see anything, it's 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 that thing of, oh my god, like that's what. Then she ends up drawing it because she's got to sort of work it through her system. And again, it's that reaction, isn't it? Of like, oh my god, she's drawing something disgusting, or she's drawing. You know, she draws a body with blood coming out of it at one point as a young girl when the when the character is, is young. Um. And the, the, again, the parent sort of, you know, reacts poorly, and she's like, "Oh my god, she's weird." You know, this is this is me. I've broken her. And again, but even the psychologist is like, "No, she's just working through stuff. Like she's being given new information, and she's having to work through it." Um, and that's the sort of this the point, isn't it? Like you know, this thing of like this is what I'm saying about the calibration. I'm not saying sort of you know you give them everything, but even as a kid. Again, sort of as I grew up, like you know, I tried, I tried to jump straight into Stephen King. You know, I was very precocious. I picked up like It and Pet Cemetery. I'm like, they're the biggest ones, and I was not ready for that. Like, I, I couldn't do it. But then I was sort of like directed to um, what was I think they were called like well they were they were called Point Horror. So they were sort of like right, you're too old for Goosebumps, but you're too young mm. for Stephen King. So here's Point Horror. Um, and they were great. Like, you know, there was a series there and I was like, cool, like this is this is the thing. But like it's that thing, it's a it's a transition. Like, no one was saying you can't have any horror until you're 18 or 21. There was like, oh no, we've got look, we've got like a transitional piece here. Like, and even goosebumps, as I'm talking, like, you know, or there are other sort of similar things where you're like, I'm using horror as an example, but like we go, yeah, we want to give you scares, you know, but you can have like a safe scare as a kid. We're going to introduce you to like Slappy the ventriloquist dummy, and then we're going to introduce you to something else, and then we're going to introduce you to Pennywise and so on and so forth. Like you work you your work way up. up. To Chucky. You because don't work we got up a to whole f- dummy series. Yeah, right? exactly. like, yeah. You know, that's it. You start with yeah. the, the very silly Goosebumps dummy, and you know, 
you end up you work your uh, you way end up, up. Yeah, you end up like oh Megan or something like that. The more uh-huh. modern ones. But the point that's the point. Like it's about that calibration. Um as you go through those things and life is the same like you need to see the distressing things because i think i'm using that as a silly example but like the the, the moment when, when the the there's a scene in this i thought it was fantastic is uh, it, one of the episodes the scenes that did hit me was when the the grandfather so it's the, it's a mum you don't really know much about the father he's absent this young girl and the 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 mum's father and the, so as, as a grandfather figure he's looking after um, the girl they're painting just in a studio and he has a stroke mm-hmm. and she can't hear him going call 911 I'm having a stroke because this thing is blurring it all out and so she's just stood there looking going like, I've no idea what this is like I'm not going to process this I don't and so the mum luckily is able to sort of she's, you know, she sees it and is able to act um, and then but then the lesson is not learned there when like, well, if she's seen it, she could have reacted, you know, and called 911 or something like that's what you tell kids at 999 over here. But then she goes further because when it comes to the, when the, the grandfather dies um, shortly after, as he goes, she goes through the life, you go to the graveside and the little girl's just picking up leaves and doing shit. And, and the mom is mourning and she's crying at the graveside. And she looks over and the faces of the, the, the grieving face is all blanked out. And you just, again, you're like, this is causing emotional stunting. Like you've got to deal yeah. with these things, you know. Um, yeah, well, I don't you don't think... see your parents struggle. Yeah, right? you don't need to see them psychotic. You don't need to see them angry and drunk and hitting you and you know all that shit, right? But death is a part of life, right? So mm. Pain is a part of life, um, mm. right? And that's sort of the point. I think this 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 part makes really well is this idea that like. Okay, this whole first part of the episode works really well as that thing of like you've we've got to give kids enough rain to be calibrated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, two noisy dogs, two grief, two dangerous situations. Like, you know, and I, I it's been like I've had this conversation with Ellie a few times. Like she, you know, she's watched films. Um, you know, there's a as you said there's classifications. I'm aware, but like. She's watched like the Avatar movies, and um, you know, I'm trying to think what else that's best about it. Really, a couple of the Marvel films and stuff, but like, you know, but I know so she's not interested. Like, I've tried to sort of introduce her. God, this is Gremlins. You know, you, now is that now is the time. <laughs> and um, she sort of looked at the she looked at the cover and was like, "No, thank you. Like, that's not. I'm not ready for that. That's me. I'm not done yet." Mm. Uh, I'm not done with my childhood. I, I really admire that. That's one yeah. thing that you see you see in kids sometimes, and you know, uh, I I really admire that because I had no sense. I was just like, give me everything I want. Yeah, I was the same. I was like, yeah. I was like, I I I don't want I don't want the transition thing. I went straight to Stephen King. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I want something harder than Stephen King to start with. Just give me the heroin, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. I think you know, um, no, she has. She's got sort of like. Yeah, but this is that thing about calibration. Like she knows, mm-hmm. you know, she's so, she she has seen some things that have scared her in the past, and she knows that like she's she's very much sort of aware. Weirdly, I don't know, you know, because obviously she has this weird thing of like she's like, no, no, I know that's going to upset me, and I like to go mm-hmm. to sleep. I don't want to be, you know, I like to go. I don't want to be kept awake, or I don't want to panic, or I don't want to be worried. So I'm not going to watch or, or see that thing. Um. But well, that's very mature of her to be able to say that, and you know, it's very good of you to have created an environment in which she feels comfortable saying that. 
and can express herself and can recognize her own limits. Like that's mm. really amazing. Well, th- th- this is the thing. I think, yeah, it's, um, you know, I wouldn't say it's perfect because there are times when there are times when she sort of like, you know, kids will go too far. But a, a really good example is, you know, um, Ellie does horse riding. Um, every, she has these horse riding lessons. And not long ago, we saw a girl thrown from a horse. Like, you know, proper like the horse, someone spooked the horse, someone upset it, threw this girl. She flew like a good four or five feet. Like, I was like, I, I was like, like, what do I do? Like, bloody hell, that's, you know, she's flown and she hit the floor with a, like an, an audible thud. And um, the instructor was there very quickly and this girl's dad sort of jumped the fence and was running in. And I was looking at, I was looking at Ellie and Ellie's watching and I'm thinking like, this is it. Like she's done, she's seen this, and she's gonna go. I don't want that, and I'm done. But this girl that got thrown, bless her, like took five minutes, stood up, dusted herself off, and got back. Like she was, she was a fucking living metaphor. She literally got back on the horse, <laughs> yeah, and completed yeah. the lesson. And I was, then I said to the guy, I was like, like man, like that fair play, well done to her. And he was like, she was, like, oh no, yeah. it's not the first time. And I'm like, even more oh. so, yeah, <laughs> I'm like. Even well, there's a whole other conversation. That's, yeah, like, like you know, and she's she's she was a bit older. I think she must have been like you know, 11, 12 at the time. But um, and Ellie came back and she was like, and Ellie was just really impressed. She was like, I'd have gone home crying. She got back on the horse, and I was like, yeah, that's what you're going to do. I would have gone home crying too. But look at that girl. She's the one that sort of, you know, literally sort of like she's a living metaphor now, living allegory sort of thing. And I think that's the right thing, isn't it? Like you've got to. Like you say, they've got to see some of that distressing thing to to calibrate to build them up. Well, but it's 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 very strange. So you know, I I think that while I kind of feel like sort of nonplussed, like this feels kind of a very well made episode, sort of by mm. the numbers. You're right that it has these like amazing scenes that it's you know are memorable and are really hard to find a complaint about. Um, you know, including the uh, grandfather having the stroke and you know the mother dealing with the death and i think even from the beginning the mother expresses sort of some concern about the censoring capacity mm. but then goes along with it and you know uh i think about how childhood has changed you know we watched uh hard to be a god you know mm. let's remember what childhood was like throughout all of human history okay yeah, yeah nasty brutal and short yeah right? i mean you didn't even want to get close to your kid because the rate of death was so high uh child mortality um the idea that children were innocent is a victorian invention yeah um that is not a concept that anybody had they were like you know it was like a puppy like you know yeah a puppy is cute but a puppy's going to see death and a puppy, you know, you're not going to protect a puppy from like, you know, falling downstairs mm. or something. I mean, so we have this idea of like preserving a child's innocence, which is, you know, a very recent concept even. Um, but also I tend to think of it as something that can only exist within a capital surplus, Right. You have, you have to have a lot, you were talking, you know, like you're fond of the hierarchy of needs, right? Yeah, yeah. You have to have your needs basically met before you can start thinking about, like, let's think about my child's innocence. Yeah. Um, children 
I mean, e- even, you know, during like uh, the 1800s, children would live in a one room house with their parents and they'd watch their parents fornicating. Mm. That was normal. That was not considered, you know, abusive at all. Um, the kids got married at 12. Now, you know, I do. So there are things that we all just take for granted today. I mean, even just that you don't let, you know, a five-year-old into an R-rated movie, right? I mean, there are things that we all take for granted today, including the concept of childhood innocence, that really are incredibly odd historically. And it strikes Mm -hmm. me that when you have this capitalist surplus and you have affluence, it is really hard not to make those decisions to protect your child. Yeah, yeah. and so if this technology exists, I sort of see that playing out in this episode that the mother sort of knows this is bad right from the start. She has a bad vibe about censoring her child's mm. experience. But then you think about it, you know, uh, and, you know, with the dog and whatever else. And it's hard not to see your kid distressed and not want to protect your kid, yeah. you know. And so it's almost like every new technology to prolong childhood innocence, to protect your kid, is probably going to sell okay. And it's really hard as a parent, even if you know this is abstractly bad, not to make those take those steps, right? Mm-hmm. No, I agree. This comes to that there are the consequences of that. And I think, you know, she sees the thing. And one of the, the interesting... Um, one of the most interesting parts of this episode, actually... As a, as a, there's just a piece of dialogue. Every, almost every other episode is that the technology that we are talking about is like ubiquitous within society. Like it's it's included, it's there, it's being used. You know, the, I think this may be one of the the only episodes where she goes to the psychologist and the guy's like, "Yeah, well, this was banned in Europe and it's being taken off the market here because it's been recognised that this is actually detrimental." But the episode itself actually says, like, no, no, we understand that there is no wide market for this because it is so detrimental. And I thought that was kind of interesting that it took that line, that she is actually the outlier still using this technology. Um, And it's usually the other way around, isn't it? Like, oh, it's fine for everybody else, but there's this one story where it's gone bad. Um, Yeah, very good point. um, And so, yeah, so so that's when she puts it away and she's like, Okay, and then the, she has the kid grows up, and that's what I thought was interesting. Is you have this midsection of the episode where, again, a fantastic transition. Like she sat on the swing, and I like the fact that you know she swings and swings, and then she sort of you see the new, more aged child and this other thing. Like it goes through their childhood, and she's removed the thing. She's she's put the tablet away. It's turned off, and she's gonna have a she's gonna have a period of life where there will be no, you know, direct. Um, archangel supervision, and she sort of gets used to it. She gets to use to the, 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 the fact she gets used to the dog. She befriends the dog and she'll feed it and this other mm-hmm. stuff. Like it shows that she's able to calibrate even from childhood. But she has this weakness for this one lad that sort of like this this guy that sort of like she you know was there that was like the one lad when she was a kid that like look at boobs you know look at death like the weird kid at school but like. Such a British expression. She's got a weakness for this one lad. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, charming. Well, can I just say there are a couple really great scenes here along that line that you're talking about. And one is what really prompts the taking away and turning off Archangel is uh, 
Sarah, the uh, child, at nine or so, um, you know, seeing the blurring of of blood mm. in her own drawing, which is super creepy, right? Mm. And then sharpening the pencil and cutting herself. Oh, yeah. You know, which, I mean, again, just like to see your own body being blurred is like so traumatic in itself, right? Mm. Like, and this is a super creepy, again, one thing Black Mirror does pretty well is the implication of technology. Um, and then kind of true to my points earlier, like as soon as she goes to school unsupervised, you know, like that very day, Trick, the the, the lad she's got yeah. a, uh, a weakness for, it's just like, well, I'm going to introduce you to pornography and Gort's videos. That is, it's quite funny. Well, that's the thing, because he learns it's been turned off. She says, oh, it's been turned off. It's not there. And his instant reaction is like, really? Let me show you this. And so she sat mm-hmm. at like a table with a laptop in front of her and she's like, oh my God. Like, you know, and, and that's true. The thing is that f- all of it feels authentic. Like you said, that's exactly what happened. Cause there'd be that, there would be those kids that would be like, really, you can see this now. <laughs> all right. Let's see what you can take and start sort of like, you know, showing stuff. Um, But that forms that bond. And this is what I think is interesting is like that bond between trick and this girl is forged in that moment of like, um, he is the one that is sort of like there was a there was a phrase I heard used really that sort of the tighter the 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 spring is coiled the bigger the release you know sort of like if you really try and suppress a kid and that when they get to go off to college or they get to do their own thing or something they're gonna go wild because it's the first experience they've had that naught to sixty kind of thing naught to a hundred that's what this is like he's there to sort of like as a guide like he's an Obi Wan if you will to take her through this moment of like yeah this is how fucked up the world actually is um and I, I like the fact that that becomes like it's not a passing moment that's a, a milestone in her life that carries forward unfortunately he does become i don't know which a bad influence a sort of a not it's not a negative influence i wouldn't say like she still seems pretty she grows up to become a teen and she's sort of relatively on the straight and narrow she you know, seems to be doing okay in school she's got a good relationship with the friends he's just that I will stick with that weakness. Like that's her crush. Her, you know, her affection to him can be used, you know, in, in sort of not taking advantage. I don't think she's even taken advantage of. It's consensual, and even the drug use and the sex and everything. But like, it's that bond well, between them. Yeah. So I mean, you're right. I I don't know that he's such a a bad influence. No. But what, I, what I love about this episode is that it does take this one idea and follow it all the way through, mm. and. You know, I'm so annoyed with myself that I don't. It's like I see how masterfully that's done, and it sort of leaves me nonplussed. But you know, she has sex at, with Trick at a party, and he, uh, she insists on doing cocaine. He deals drugs to kind of his plan is. To oh, it's a her. It's exactly right. It's her persistence. Is it? It's not him. It is oh, hers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and she snorts cocaine one time, and it just so happens that her mother is, you know. Has taken the archangel her, back out, yeah. right? Because right, and has taken it out and watches her his daughter have sex, and then watches her daughter do the drugs, and then intervenes. And what I love about this is, like, it raises so many questions. Like, he's not a bad guy. May, it doesn't seem like they're destined to be together. Mm-hmm. This isn't a you know true romance or something. But um, you know, he's not a bad guy. He's not on the straight and narrow, but he's also, you know, he's, he's not a complete not... washout. I mean, he has a job. Yeah. He's doing like, 
And more importantly, he listens to so when the mum intervenes, like helicopter parent, she comes like bawling in and starts like screaming at him to leave. He does it. He listens. Like there's no sort of like fighting back and like he does. He's like, yeah, right. Well, you've you've drawn a line there, and I'm not wanting to, you know, get involved in this shit anymore. Well, specifically because she he's shown footage of himself having sex with her. Yeah. While she's 15, right? So. He's twenty one. Is he no is he no he's meant to be no I not that old. Is no, 19, something yeah, like that? I think he's a similar age, right? He might be a couple years older. Yeah, I think he's like seventeen uh, or eighteen, or maybe he's meant to be a few years older. But uh in any case this gets into like our age of consent laws, you know, yeah. like, you know. I mean, this is why everybody, you know, you gotta watch that age of extinction to see that, you know, Romeo and Juliet law, you know, that's so important. <laughs> Michael Bay puts that in there randomly. Um, but, you know, so this gets into, but again, those are laws put in place to protect, quote unquote, childhood innocence mm. at an age where you were an old maid, you know, yeah. 100 years Spinster. ago. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's just like, they'd say, what's up with her, you know? Um, is she a lesbian? Is something wrong with her? You know, in those days. Um, so, I mean, again, but again, you know, all of us want to would want to protect mm. our 15-year-old daughters, right, yeah. from this, even knowing how weird it is historically. And similarly, like, you know, I think about how just being able to see pornography, especially on the internet readily, you know, let's basically 99% of of kids have seen this before they have sex change has changed our concept of sex you imagine like in the middle ages in like how to be a god right yeah when somebody has sex for the first time they probably have a pretty genuine reaction maybe they've got the catholic church in their head going like you're supposed to you know or or the queen saying lie back and think of england right but you know you've got these dumb ideas but the actual physical details of the of sex or of intercourse and, and what it feels like are entire or how it works mm. are entirely new and you could just imagine this is some uh you know awkward sex to the max right <laughs> well, if your first time is awkward beforehand imagine if you've never seen it before i guess i guess except for you're in the room your parents having sex i mean that's yeah. normal so I don't well, know. I mean, what I would say is, it, but that's almost sort of like sort of addressed in this episode because when mm-hmm. they do start having sex, like she starts making these exaggerated moanings and noises, and he says like, "You don't have to do that, like just because it's in the videos and stuff." Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was kind very of like a, a very little nugget where even he says like, "You know, that's clearly her only experience is having watched pornography." Um, but it all comes out because obviously she, you know, um, the. Uh, she he does stop talking to. Yeah, she intervenes and obviously you know Trick stops talking to uh, the daughter and she. she, As a teenager, this is this is catastrophic. Like this is you know to young love. Um, and she comes. Blame the mom for. Do you blame the mom for interceding? Because this is what I mean by like the ratcheting up of like. This is this was a really tough moment for me, and and it's one where I'd be like, I'm glad I have Alex to bounce ideas off because there would be a part of me that'd be like you know, out the door in the same way that would be like, you back off yeah, this, or I'm going to, I'm going to rip your head off. Um, this guy had sex with my daughter, gave her cocaine. Yeah. How do you not intervene? Yeah, right? exactly. Like, yeah. you know, um, but again, it's that thing of like, that should then result. And it, it doesn't result in a conversation because she doesn't want to admit she's seen it through the archangel. 
but it should result in a conversation that says, I know you've done this. It's not a good way to be going. Can you be more careful? You know, it should, but she can't have that because then it's like, obviously there's acknowledgement of guilt. Mm-hmm. So I like that there's that, that, that there's, she wants to intervene, but it's like, but the thing is it then, this is that thing of like everything the, the mother has done to protect has always had these odd consequences. Like she's doing the right, doing the right thing. She's doing what she sees as the right thing. But by leaving her daughter, like she's not, working with her daughter like she's acting almost as like a barrier throughout that the daughter's not being communicated with is what ends up resulting in the problems because it's you know she's she's almost like separate the the mother's almost separate from the daughter doing these things which, which totally which results in another some other great shots actually some other good pieces of the end. and it's it's she brings out the um she has it she hides it but the daughter finds it runs through it looking the technology again, looking very much like uh, the grain, uh, and sees that well, her mother had seen her having sex and taking drugs before. Let's not let's not forget the mother sees that the, the daughter's pregnant and puts the emergency contraception no, into the. She doesn't see she's pregnant. She suspects that the thing says she has an increase of something. It doesn't actually say she's oh, pregnant. Okay. So she 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 basically makes a judgment call because the biology says she has an increase of something. It doesn't say she's pregnant. And yes, yeah, you're right. That's what clearly she gives. She she slips her a, a, a contraception contraceptive pill, doesn't she? Which like the an abortion pill correctly says is an abortion pill. Instead, yeah. you know, it's not actually you know. And and of course, we're now living in the Handmaid's Tale over here. So yeah. this is kind of important. Yeah. But right. So so the possibility that she. So that's what ultimately tips Sarah, the daughter, off, right? Yes. And then she does. She goes home. She finds the tablet, the, the Archangel tablet, goes through, sees the, the past photos or videos or whatever, the I think, and then leaves it, which then leads to a great shot of the mother looking at the tablet, and on the tablet is the back of her head, or like the her from behind. And she turns to sort of see that Sarah stood in the doorway. And again, it's a great shot. It's a really nice, that this is that thing of sort of, You've been found out. You are now the thing that you are, you know, you are seeing yourself really in this sort of thing. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. This reaction, though, this is something I wanted to act about. So they have a bit of an argument and it results in Sarah like, losing her mind and basically pummeling her mum with the tablet. But it, but it's, the filters are on, so it's blurring well, out well, as she's... The tablet is damaged yes. and cracked and stuff and the stress filter is like reactivated and it's rather brilliant. You know, that you're seeing the mother's face being blurred out as she's being beaten and Mm. bloodied by her own daughter. It's sort of a great culmination, right? It is. It's yeah. This thing of like, you know, again, going harping back to the protection that what everything that happened with the the grandfather. and This is what I'm saying that this episode is really well done. It's not Mm -hmm. emotionally as impactful as I'd like it to be, but it's really, really well done. Um, but then it does feel it does. It finally breaks and it stops, and she sees that her mum's like this bloody mess, and she just leaves, um, and runs basically. Runs away and gets into yeah. a truck with a stranger. Yeah, and then uh, the the mum runs out into the street and can't find her, and she's still trying to use see if this broken tablet will work, and it and it won't. Um, and that's it. And you're sort of left with this note of like, you know, being too protective can just as do as, just as much damage as being negligent. Really, it's that thing of finding a balance, really, and, and everything. But it's it's it, you should feel 
something. And I think, you know, this is what's interesting. I can imagine teenagers watching this episode and feeling something and parents watching this and seeing, thinking something else and feeling something else and, and being torn between it. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, I just think this is a very well done episode. You're right. The, the, that emotional impact at the end though should feel the bit where she attacks her mom should be a real gut punch. It should really be like, Oh my God. Like, you know, we thought we'd be on this. Um, but it doesn't, and it, so there are moments of like this. There's, it's slightly flat, but it's still very well done. I, I sort of, I, you know, yeah, it's exceptionally well done, and it, it and yeah, you know, you pointed out some some issues with the technology, and you know, I mean, how this filter works, and you know, but I mean, you just go along with that. Mm. It's not that big of a deal, and then it just explores the implications, and it's everyone along the way, including you know filtering the dog giving the befriending the dog you know uh your own blood being digitized you know i mean um the why the mom would put this away and why the mom would bring it out of course in their daughter's teenage years right you know it's gonna be out late how do you not check you don't want you have images of your daughter dead by the side of the road right how do you not pull this out yeah and i and i love this idea of sort of like you know, it's all very logical, um, you know, but I love this idea of sort of like, how can you not use this technology if it's available? How can you not, you know, and it's similar to like, let's say you're rich. How can you not give your children advantages? How can mm. when they get in trouble with the cops, you not call in the lawyer to get them off? Of course. You know, et, et cetera. How can you not want your own children to have that privilege and have that protection? At the same time, you also know it's a delicate line, mm. right? Because yeah, you don't, you don't want become... them to be stunted and, and terrible. Yeah, privileged things. and all this other stuff. Exactly. Yeah. I think this is the thing, and this is why I think this episode you say about technology and you're right, there are, you know, as I said, there are not issues, but there's 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 wobbles with it. But where where I find that this show works best, I mean sort of you know, I had more complaints with the USS Callista episode. Because I had more episodes, there was stuff where I was like, yeah. I'm I'm finding problems with it because of the stuff in the story and some of the character stuff. Like, you know, the technology stands out because I'm just like, all right, I've got more, more problem with this. But well, you say, when it utilizes it in the story in such a way that, like you say, the payoffs are solid, that the character, you know, it works in a story sense and the psychology works. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go with this. I'm fully going to go with it because it's, it's, and this is probably one of the first episodes we've said, it goes full life pretty much. You know, this goes for a long-term story. This isn't told over a week. This is told over years. It really feels like that stuff pays off. So I'm much more willing to accept, you know, the the technology and some of the sort of you know technology silliness because it feels like it's it's integrated into the story much much more successfully. My final thought is that I I am beside myself and I am a hypocrite. Um, <laughs> you know, it's true because I. I'm so irritated by stupid stuff in movies and everything mm-hmm. else, right? And and other people will say it works for them, but the punchy punchy is entertaining, right? You know, and mm-hmm. I'll be like, yeah, but I can't get into it because it's dumb. Um, and then I'll like, you know, a Chris Nolan movie that's sort of like by the numbers but smart, and you know, everything is, or or other directors that, um, you know, maybe are a little more reserved, yeah. But you know, follow through. And here, you know, the USS Callister, I love that episode. It 
works for me. I'm willing to forgive it, all of it's stupid, you know. Uh, it's filled with technological plot problems. This is the exact opposite. This is a better made episode. Mm. This is on so many levels. This is, you know, a better scripted episode on so many levels. But it has that sort of narrow focus and it just has that sort of and and then this happened next, and then this happened next, and it's all feels sort of inevitable and the right choices, but just strangely leaves me flat. And yeah. so I am just a complete hypocrite. Maybe just different things work for me than other people. I don't know. But this episode would have have worked better. This would have worked better if it was on a spaceship. Is what you're saying? (laughs) Well, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I, I need uh, the more Star Trek it is, the more I like it. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're saying. It does feel it's a small story. I like small stories. It feels like a this would be a short sci-fi story. Like a you know, I could feel that there would be literary in that sort of way. You could play with it in certain ways. Um, But yeah, no, I agree. But I think it's a strong episode. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap us up there. We're running into time, um, but let us know, ladies and gentlemen, what are your thoughts on Archangel? Would you use this technology to protect your kids? Would you go all the whole hog, or would you see the dangers in this and approve it being banned in your country? Let us know. Reach out at Pod Time Space uh, on uh, X, Twitter, whatever the hell it is now these days. By the time this yeah. comes out, um, but yeah, also don't forget if you like us and what we do, leave a review. Whatever podcasts podcast catcher you are on, just leave a any any kind of review. You'll have all the feedback. But if you really like what we do, go check out the Patreon. Much more of things like this. We do the Twilight Zone, the thirty minute thoughts, more bonus material from the actual main sort of uh, seasons as well. So yeah, go check those out. But for now, Julian, thank you very much. Thank you, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>